welcome everybody and this is the uh, the broadcast that I've been advertising. I'm here with Officer Roberts. He's a policeman in the state of Virginia and I'd like to welcome you. Thanks for coming to my show. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. And um, we have our one our part of our A-team. Marquise. Marquise is part of our A-team, and he's going to be helping me assist in this interview. So my first question, I want to ask you about an incident that happened uh, a few months ago with the officer in Windsor. He um, got pulled over. He said he was waiting to get to a safe place to for he wasn't trying to outrun the officers he was just waiting to get to a safe place explain to me what's the procedure for that and who was right and who was wrong or what both of them in the wrong i think there's a lot to learn from both sides um i'm not gonna say a side was right i'm not gonna say a side that was wrong i feel like um the police should have done a lot better. Um, from my understanding, they've actually revamped their training process. Um, I don't know the circumstances that led up. I understand he was pulled over for a tag that couldn't be seen. He did have a tag, but it was not seen. It was dark out. Um, I don't know if he had his flashers on. I don't know how long he traveled, how fast he traveled. I, I don't know those answers. Um, it's kind of something they kind of kept out to be honest. I don't know, have you guys seen anything that led up to the stop or just at the gas no, station? No, the videos, yeah, those videos just show the stop. It starts from the stop and goes on. Yeah. It doesn't show before. There's a lot yeah. missing at the beginning. Um, the police officer's tactics were awful. If they honestly believe this is a felony traffic stop, why are they running up to this car like they did? Um, there was just a lot, I felt like, that could have been better. Um, from the, he was a soldier, right? Yeah. From the soldier's standpoint, um, he's probably getting sworn. He's there's, yeah. he's going to a lighted place when it was dark. Um, he probably don't know what's going on. He's, I don't know how many cops were there, but I assume at this point it's probably a lot. So he, he's scared. Probably never been through something like that. Maybe a traffic stop, but nothing where there's multiple. Yeah, that's Police. overwhelming. Yeah, it yeah. is overwhelming, no doubt. Even for, I mean, he, he had a minor traffic infraction. So yeah. even for somebody who's not even doing anything that egregious or even egregious at all. Um, one of those things where you kind of comply and complain later. Um, but definitely, um, I, I do know that police department has revamped their training. Um, they 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 got hit pretty hard nope. on that. They they they've offered actually spread out their training to other agencies in Virginia about de-escalation training. Oh, so that's something that they're they are working on. Not excusing anything they did. I feel like everybody could have walked away and did something a little better at the end of the day. You know, I want to get to the point about de-escalation. So the police departments, all the police departments, in my opinion. Let's take the a mentally ill person, for example. Are the police departments now trying to train themselves on, like if they get a call for a mentally ill person, let's say a person that's high, extremely high, or a person that just didn't take their medication, 
what's the procedure? How are you handling that now in, in, in the area that we're in? So, a lot of people don't realize this, and it, and it comes from the public. We don't automatically know who has a mental illness. We're not automatically driving around saying, yeah, this guy's got a mental illness, let's go talk to him. It comes down to the public calling in 911, and that's something that needs to be addressed by the public. People call 911 for stuff that is out of the reach for the police department. It is not against the law to have a mental illness. Um, in this city, um, there's a lot of people with mental illness that you would, I, I didn't even know before I started working here. So there's a few questions that if we get called that somebody's going through a manic episode is what we call it. Um, we ask them, do they want to hurt themselves? We ask them, do they want to hurt anybody else? And then we have to kind of assess if they're a danger to themselves. Do they know where they are? We ask them, what day is it? Do they know what city they are in? Do they know who the president is? Just basic questions that um, the majority of people will know, should know. Um, and then that kind of kind of lets us evaluate them. Now, if they're just completely manic, they say they want to hurt themselves, they say they're off their medicine, um, they, they obviously can't care for themselves, it's, it's a concern for their safety. We have this process called the Emergency Custody Order, which, which acronym as an ECO. Um, they get evaluated by the Community Service Board. They, um, they, we go to the hospital. And it's, it's a civil process, but it's kind of a bad process where they get handcuffed, we go to the hospital, and they sit there for up to 72 hours, and then they go to a new hospital, a, a psychiatric hospital. Um, from there, they get evaluated again, they get help, they talk to who they need to talk to, and I would like to tell you they come out a changed person, uh, not always. I've seen um, people come out completely different. Uh, it, 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 sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, I would say a good majority of our calls deal with something with a mental illness. So usually you yourself are caught off guard too once you find out that the person is mentally ill. Not well. I used to be. Okay. Um, now I. I mean, it's it's very. You would be shocked that the, who the average person is, who you think is average, that has a mental illness. Okay. That you some you just don't know. Yeah. Sometimes they might not even know. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Okay, so do you think the divide between the black community and cops is just rooted in history, or do you think there's something further into it? I, I definitely think it's rooted in history. Uh, I mean, that's what it comes down to. There, I'm, I'm not going to say there's no racist cop out there. That would be dumb for me to say. Um, I do got to say... It gets, that is a tough question, but it, it, it comes from the history. It comes from uh, a trust that the that police departments haven't built back with the black community. Um, that's something that recently, the last couple years, has been the main focus is community-oriented policing. Um, we get out there, I mean, You'd be surprised the amount of calls we get with about kids playing in the street, playing basketball in the street. That's oh, wow. that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. And and um, I go out there and play basketball with them. 
Nice. That's just what yeah. I do. I'm not. I mean, I, that's something I did as a kid. Who, yeah. who, who didn't play basketball on the street? I played football on the street as well. Of course. Uh, we Me got too. out of the way with cars, and yep. at the end of the day, that's what I tell them. I say, hey, you guys have fun. Cars come by, just get out, and then go back to playing. That's and, good. You let them know the cops yeah. on the back. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Get them and, familiar. And and something. And it comes down to also is generation mistrust because um, people are teaching their kids like stay away from cops. Um, they're bad, and 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 it is it's become a mistrust of the community as generations have come. Um, I'm not a big fan of walking into a store and somebody's like, oh, telling their kid, oh, you better watch out. He's gonna come. He's gonna come get you and take you away. Um, That's not worth it. What we're here for. Yeah. We want the kids to come to us for help. Yes. Instead of being scared of us. Okay. Hey, guess what, y'all? We're gonna take a brief intermission. And we're going to come right back. And I'm going to ask Officer Robert about the George Floyd incident. And we're going to touch on some other topics. So stay tuned. And we are back. So, um, Officer Robert, my next question is about the George Floyd incident. Um, sure, George Floyd had drugs in his system. Uh, we don't know if the $20 was a forgery. Um, they haven't released that. The store owner thought it was a forgery. That's no reason for a person to get killed and choked out. My question to you is, the force that was used, the chokeholds, was there another way that this could have been done? And what impact on the black community have you seen that this, this incident had? Right. Um, of course, there should have been something different done. There's, there was a, a lot that should have been done. Um, I'm yet to find a police department to defend anything of those tactics that were done. Um, they were condemned by a lot of police departments. Um, they, um, so part of the training is the kneeling on somebody's back. Um, the video shows he was kneeling on his neck. That is not trained by the police department I am in. I don't know what their policies were. I would think that it's not allowed. Um, our policy is across the shoulder blades because they're on their stomach, they can push up. Um, and so that's the reasoning for that. And it's really just a tactic we use to keep get one hand up and gain control of the other. Um, but he had it on his neck for way too long. Um, he was, my, I, I believe he, he was already cuffed. Mm -hmm. So um, at that point, he becomes our responsibility. Is whatever happens is a liability, um, and it and it showed. Um, why wasn't if he was under arrest, cuff? Why wasn't he put in the back of the car and taken off? I, I don't know the thought process and behind that. Um, he was on the ground way too long. What we're taught in my department is once you're cuffed, once we have gained control, you sit them up. Because even if you don't have your neck being constrained, 
your chest still has to go up and down and when you're on your stomach for that long it, it gets harder and harder every time so we're taught immediately to put them on their side and then sit them up so they can breathe Thanks. Well, he pretty clearly gave us everything we needed with that answer. Um, what if what has happened in the department to change to make sure that excessive force isn't used more routinely? And hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. Now, I want to say sometimes I understand when y'all need to whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> Look, and people out there are gonna be like, oh. Hey, Big Smoke, why'd you say that? Because some people are assholes and they do fucked up shit, but that's no reason to kill a motherfucker. So, with that being said, go ahead, answer my question. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, so, again, a lot of things I can only speak on my department. I don't know what these other departments are doing. I really like my department. Yeah. A lot of the policies that all these other departments created, mine already had them so it wasn't a retraining for us um we were taught to be nice until it's time not to be nice and then to be nice again as soon Mm. as you get control be nice all over again Um, because a lot of people they don't hate us when we're in a uniform they hate the uniform and that's what they take their anger out on and that's something that us as cops have kind of got to kind of got to recognize like you outside that uniform just people. We could, I mean, we could be friends, yeah. um, but most of the people are mad at that badge, and it's from the yeah. earlier question, the history. So, um, what about outreach to minority communities? I know there's a push in a lot of police forces to to do a because in the minority co- communities, most policemen have horrible reputations because they think, oh, they out to get us, and. To be frank, in my lifetime, I've seen some horrible cops. Yeah, me too. And I've been pulled over for being black. Been pulled over by some dicks. Yeah, I've been pulled over by some dicks. So, what's the outreach to try to change that perception? What am I trying to say? Perception. Perception. Just come talk to us. Um... Like in a normal setting, yeah, in just a normal get setting, familiar. Even if like we're at a Seven Eleven getting a drink or a coffee, and just talk to us. Just interact. Yeah, just interact. Dude. You'll realize not all of us are bad. Yeah. Not all of us are targeting anybody. Um, I I've been thanked before because I was the cop that arrested them and not anybody else. Mm. Um, I tell everybody up front what's going on. I'm not gonna hide anything from them, and um, and it's it saved me a lot of fighting. Um, I'm gonna talk to somebody before I fight somebody. I don't want to fight. Um, I don't want to do anything that will hurt anybody. I don't want to get hurt in that process. So I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna be as transparent as I can. I'm just going to tell you as it is. Uh, I, I want those people to take accountability for their actions, and um, we just move on from there. And I tell them that. I say, hey, we're go- you know, somebody has a warrant, and this is the person that th- um, thanked me. He had a warrant on file. I don't even remember what it was for, um, but it was just a simple trip to the magistrate get a new court date. I believe he, I, th- I believe he just missed the court date, but he still had a warrant out for his arrest. And I straight up and told him, I said, hey. 
you're being cool with me, I'm gonna be cool with you, talk to me, we're just gonna go straight down to the magistrate, see what he or she has to say, and uh, we'll go on from there. But right now we need to take care of this warrant, and that's, that's number one priority. And um, he ended up getting released because I told the judge, or the magistrate, I said, hey, he's been co perfectly cooperative with me. Um, you know, just th just to throw that in there, and sometimes the magistrate will take that into account. Say, okay, well, you know, he's cooperating, he's he's being polite, um, and the guy ended up getting released right there. He just got a new court date, and uh, I met up with him after he got released, and he shook my hand and thanked me for being cool, and that's what I try to try to do every t every arrest, every person. Oh, I was just going big smoky ready to shift gears just a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Hold on. I want. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna shift gears. Hey, let me ask you one more question. I want to ask uh, about um, pursuits. Uh, I want to get on the the incident about the guy in North Carolina. Yeah, he, they the policeman they had a warrant to arrest him. Um, they went into his yard. He was in his car. He took off, and they shot him. Now, I know in some cities, like in New York, and um, I think maybe in some cities in Virginia, they have a do not pursue uh, rule. Uh, because a lot of times, when you pursue somebody, the person you're pursuing is not going to give a damn about innocent victims. They're just going to run over people. So, that includes risk. So, uh, how do you feel about that and pursuing people and when do you cut off the pursuit? So that's actually something, a new policy for our department actually. So a couple months ago, I got in my first per vehicle pursuit actually. Um, it was for a stolen vehicle and it turned out to be more than that. It turned out to be some just minor drug possession but there was some warrants attached to his name as well. It ended up being a good pursuit, a good arrest. Um, we, it was, he tried everything. He couldn't shake me, um, couldn't shake the other officers. He ended up wrecking out, um, hitting a curb, didn't really cause a major accident. He got out of the car, um, hopped the fence that I could not hop. <laughs> I might have hit the fence. Like it, 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 took, it took me a couple tries to hop that. But uh, his car ended up rolling and hitting another cop car. It was just minor damage, minor, um, minor in incident. The next day, another vehicle pursuit. Um, some of the guys was watching a guy who was doing a, a, a drug buy. So it was, you know, felony warrants, felony stop kind of thing. Guy immediately took off on them. Um, I hear the pursuit go over, and I, I mark in route to them. Um, the guy, the, listening to the pursuit, it sounded wild. Um, the, off, the, the sergeant in charge it probably could have made a better decision to terminate. Um, speeds were about 90, 100 miles an hour going down windy curves. Um, went down one windy curve and hit head on to an innocent civilian. And um, I get there and they're screaming for a medic. And uh, I look at the civilian car, I look at her, and she's just, the whole engine block's on her. Her leg is at least broken three different places. Um, it was just like all, you know, we just, I'm thinking like, we just killed this lady because this guy bought some drugs. Um, 
ended up being like I, I believe it was crack cocaine, um, a lot other felony warrants. Um, but it came down to was it worth this lady's life? Um, she ended up living. She ended up being flown out. She got a long road recovery to her, for her. Um, thankfully, she did live. I'm, I'm being told the city already settled, of course. Okay. So, the reason why the police were at, we were at fault is because it comes down to the officer in the lead, the lead, the primary officer in the pursuit. If that if that officer is driving exactly like the the vehicle we're pursuing, then we have to have liability. Now, if the officer is still being safe still stopping at red lights, not driving like they are weaving in and out of traffic, then we are not liable. Um, so, but ever since that, new policies came out and the city, this city right here, we do not have a pursuit policy anymore, only for felonies. Oh. So I've had vehicles since then take off on me and I couldn't do anything. I just gotta let them go. But when you run the plates, if you see he has a felony warrant, you're going after him. Correct. Okay. Correct. This this car did not. It was a rental car, and it was riddled in bullet holes. Oh. Yeah. And so it was just so much to it. Um, I I can't pursue, but I'm still gonna try to find you. Um, I'm gonna turn off my lights. I'm gonna turn off my siren, and I'm gonna obey all traffic laws. But I'm still gonna try to find you. And he went down a dead end road. I knew it was a dead end. So I just said, you know, show me, search in the area. You know, send me it back when you can. And I get up to the car, and the passenger's still in there, and passenger didn't want to give up the driver and I, I passenger has nothing to do with the stop nothing to do with the felony I always so. thought if the if there's a passenger and the guy get out and run you both are charged for that crime I just if the passenger too. the passenger takes off yes oh uh, okay then you associate yes uh. um, in some cases I should say okay. it, de- it depends on the case the not not I mean you're going to have a hard time in court. You're more lenient if they're cooperative, like this one. Correct, yeah. I mean, okay. so she she didn't even know it was a female. She didn't know. She was shaking up. She was scared. She obviously didn't know what was going on. That's fair. So, hey, you got anything? You got another question? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, what has been the most gratifying? Hold on. Oh. No, I'm going to take a break because oh. that's where I was going. Okay. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. And we're going to ask Officer Roberts and his short police career about him, about being a policeman. What's his most scary moment? Uh, the whole cop experience. The whole cop experience. So stay tuned. Big Smoke Show will be right back. <laughs> Right, we back. Now we're gonna get to the to the you know personal part about being a policeman. Um, you know, uh, what's your experience like? Which what? Uh, how do you feel about the community? Uh, and uh, what's been my, the most gratifying part of being a cop? Yeah, what's been the most gratifying of being a cop? Shoot, it's on you now. Man, that's such a loaded question. Um, I'll start with the most gratifying, um, and that's that's hard because there's this city has a lot that happens. Um, I go from finding a missing juvenile to 
a suicide call where I had to talk somebody out of killing themselves. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go with gratifying day. Um, and one day I found a missing juvenile. I found a endangered missing person who was trying, he wanted to harm himself. He ran away from a hospital and I was able to find him. I wasn't even on the call, but I still was on the lookout, still knew the clothing description um, of the guy and was able to talk to him and we got him the resources that I, that he, he needed. Um, and also that same day, I found a stolen vehicle. Um, so I, that day, it was a very good day for me. Um, sadly though, those, those, those kind of numbers don't get counted to being a police officer. They don't make the um, news. They don't make the news. Um, not even for most departments kind of thing. I thought that day was really good for me. Um, finding all that and helping the department, the city with that. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you get a message for your numbers of the day. And it's not that we have to meet a certain number of requir requirements, such as quotas. We don't have quotas. They're very unlawful. And very, I'm glad you told me that. I uh, always That's agree. good yeah, to hear. We've always been thinking about that not, shit. <laughs> they are not lawful uh, okay. to have quotas. Right. Um, so our numbers consist of like how many traffic summons, how many criminal summons, misdemeanor arrests, felony arrests. And there's a whole list of things that we, if we a have it, we log. send it. But if you don't have any of those... Um, there's no penalized. Oh. You're not penalized. Um, I'm not a traffic stop guy. I, uh, they're, they're very dangerous. Not that I'm I'm afraid to get into anything. Um, there's just a lot of liability on those. And um, traffic stops just aren't my thing. I like kind of going a little more of the drugs and guns things. Although I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at it. I'm not the best at it though. Getting the real bad getting guys. Getting it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, it's, it's, it's been a, I, I have been a police officer for less than a year. Um, I've seen some crazy things happen in front of my yard, actually. <laughs> I uh, heard some gunshots one time in, across the street from my yard, ran over there and found a dead guy. Oh my God. Um, That's last week, actually. So this, that happened back in February. Last week, actually, I woke up to some more gunshots outside my window. Um, Looked out the window and just went right back to bed. And, my, <laughs> and then my wife was like, you're just going to go back to sleep? I said, yeah, last time I didn't mind my own business, I found a dead guy. <laughs> no use digging back in the yeah, yeah, I know. And then she got so mad at me that I had to run out there that first time. And she was like, you left, you know, she had to go see me do that, which yeah. is which is kind of scary, to be honest. Like, Quite I, traumatic. I mean, I, I look back and my wife is just looking out the blinds because I'm running towards this gunfire for people I don't even know. Yeah. And um, hoping that I could help whatever. And then the second time, she's, I'm like, what do you want me to do, woman? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've even experienced a sword fight here in this city. Oh. Wow. Okay. So uh, two guys are arguing in a trailer park. Uh, guy number one pulls out freaking katana sword <laughs> i'm not talking about like a knife or something a freaking katana sword japanese sword slice attempts to slice this guy and it hits his calf and it just slices his calf Ooh. right on off then he stabs him right in the chest oh. guy number two takes the sword out of his chest stabs the first guy right back armpit to armpit hits every organ and he bleeds out and dies oh my God. and they both bleed out and die we get there and the guy still has a sword stuck in him like King Arthur. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Wow. So, you know what is cool? 
I, to put it out there, I know you. I knew you before you became an officer. And maybe it's because it's new to you. You haven't changed. Or my perception of you and the way, way I used to know you for two or three years has it, and I just haven't known the story, is it that it hasn't gotten to you yet? Um, that's honestly a question for my wife. In her eyes, yeah, I've, I've changed a lot. Um, it just, it's very mentally draining. Mm. My days off, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. I just, uh, I just want to sit on the couch. Um, terrified of going in crowds. Um, yeah, I, in public in general. Because your head's on a swivel. My head is always yeah. on a swivel. I'm exhausted from just a uh, simple going to a grocery store. Um, I, Do you think you'll grow, get out of that move? you think you'll grow out of it? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Have you talked to other cops about that? Do, do yeah. they have a get out? Yeah, we, we have a, a program um, that that is run by cops. It's pretty much like a little... Like a group? Like a little group setting thing. Um, I've had to go to certain calls where it was required of me to go to this mental health training because, I mean, the average person, the average experienced cop, I, I, there was a, I, I was in training and a, a cop, he was a sergeant um, and he's been a police officer for over 20 years and had never seen anything like this. It was, uh, it was a, a baby death where the dog had got a hold of the baby. It was, it was bad. It was sad, and the only thing, it sticks with you, and I think the most that sticks with me is hearing the mom screaming. That's mm. something that'll never get out of my head, um, but uh, people, you, you, you don't hear about that. You don't, people don't talk about that, mm. um, but I mean, I still enjoy it. I tried to be the same person, and I, I wouldn't change it for anything else just because I could potentially help somebody. Mm. Well, we don't want you to change. We want you yeah. to stay the same. Yeah. yeah. I might be that dude you pulled over, and I'm gonna be like, "Oh, I knew you were back in the day." <laughs> yep. And uh, there, there, I've actually have pulled over some people that I've known, oh, and okay. I didn't know. I, 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 <laughs> I ain't gonna give them a ticket. Of course not. So how you how, how does people feel? Because people that used to know you and now they see you in a uniform. How do they... What's the approach? Yeah, what's the approach? How do they react to you? Do you have mostly positive or negative interactions? With friends or the public? Like my... First we'll go friends, with friend. people you know. So, I mean, I've lost some friends. How though? Um, I can't answer that. Um... Okay, well I mean how, but... In a broad sense. In a broad sense, yeah. because... It comes I mean, down to yes, you and you. We don't want it to get yes, specific. Yes, you're the yeah. same guy. You're still. And, but and it co goes back to they don't hate me. They hate. Oh, uh, and they what can I separate. Wear. They they they, they can't separate. Oh, they wow. can't separate. Okay. Um. Oh. Yeah, it, and it's, it's sometimes it can be hard to be friends with a guy who's bashing police mm. on, on the on Facebook all the time. Uh, um, I, you know, this, this guy who I thought was my friend, you know, he's going on social media calling all cops woman beaters, um, KKK members, and um, it, 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 it's exhausting. Um, I, I, I'm, I kind of steer clear of uh, social media uh, and all that because yeah. it's exhausting. 
you shouldn't have to. Sometimes social media is a good way to reach out to people. But it, and it, and it goes it back to... Toxic. It goes back to accountability as well for police officers. And that's, and no police officer, nobody is more pissed off than a police officer when another police officer does something wrong. Mm -hmm. Because it makes everybody, every cop in the world look bad. Tarnishes your image. Exactly. Uh, You know, something that happened in Minneapolis was affecting us last summer with all the riots. People, our officers were getting shot at, thrown at, stuff thrown at them. And they didn't have anything to do with that. Anything. So, um, it, it comes, it goes into policing our own as well. True. So I am jealous that uh, the Wawa I go to, there's this black policeman that just walks in, grabs him a drink, and walks out. <laughs> I'll be like, damn, I want to be like that guy. I want to be cool like dude. you. It's a cool dude. But, you know, you got to think about it. There are people that respect and... Uh, Adore. Adore the policeman. Oh, yeah. yeah. There is a need for policemen. Absolutely. Look, somebody break in my house, y'all gonna be the first ones I call, but if he don't leave my house, it might be the ambulance y'all call. That might be know. the next Yeah, call. it might be the next yeah, one. I'm like, hey, hey y'all, you know, he came in my house. I did what I had to do. Just Here's don't arrest gun. me. Just, yo, yeah. yo, just see what you gotta do. Um, hey, we used to talk about this, about... Uh, if a person break in your house and <laughs> you you shoot them, do you drag them out the door? <laughs> I mean, do you pull them inside? I mean, hey, the council rule in Virginia. Virginia has a is that a real rule or is that just like a play play rule? What the castle doctrine? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's real. It, it is. Um, it's you know how Florida has the stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we had the castle doctrine. Your house is your castle. You can protect your castle. Um, like you inside. That doesn't yes. mean like if there's still stuff in your shed. That doesn't give you the right to. Just oh, go so out it's there. home only. It is home only to uh, protect against yourself. Man, that's informative. Me, I couldn't put bullets in the dude that tried to steal my grill cover. No, unfortunately, you cannot. Your grill, <laughs> grill ain't in your house, man. <laughs> nah, man. I used to look out in back my backyard and dude took my grill cover in. I'm going, Told you you can't drag him in. I can't, I can't drag him in. Nah. Damn. Yeah. Hey, before we go, anything you want to say? Nah, I've been fulfilled. It's been a great interview, fulfilled. man. Hey, we're going to invite you back in oh, yeah. six months. Is that too soon? Six months is good. I just might be in a different career field, but same, 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 <laughs> same occupation, just maybe with a different uh, uh, jurisdiction. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right, man. This has been a pleasure. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have questions from people that I know. We can follow that up next time. Yeah, and I will have the questions of the, the people that ask. But thank you for showing up for my podcast. Of course. I appreciate you having me. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Big Smoke Take the Red Pill podcast. You can find this podcast on uh, all this uh, podcast um Spotify, Apple. <laughs> Apple, and look, you can email me, send me a message. You can hit me on um, IG, and thank you, and we'll see you next time.